This week's episode of Mind Theater is a video essay. For the full experience of the show, click the first link in the show notes. Thanks. Harlem Shuffle reminded me how much I love crime novels and crime storytelling. I can't get enough of it, really. The shady characters, the back alley deals, the criminal underworld brought to the surface, and a thrilling nonstop of evil, of petty crimes and even pettier revenge plots. The over-the-top violence, the desperation of any and everyone all trying to survive, the onslaught of bullies and bullets and bullshit, the wits one must acquire quickly in order to outsmart both law enforcement and mobsters alike. There's a whole cast of characters, some of which may be the last face you'll ever see in these streets. So without further ado, here is my fan cast. There's John David Washington as the indubitable Ray Carney, a furniture salesman turned fence who comes from a long line of criminals, his father Mike Carney in particular. Lakeith Stanfield will be playing his cousin Freddie Dupree, who gets into more than his fair share of trouble every now and again. We have Adam Sandler as Aronowitz, Tessa Thompson as his wife Elizabeth, Jamie Foxx as Pepper, the epitome of black gangster coolness and badassery, Wesley Snipes and Ving Rhames as Miami Joe and Chink Montague, respectively. At the core of crime storytelling is exposure. It's a genre centered around giving an unfamiliar audience access to an underground, not-so-secret society. Passage into a world of extra-legality that exists parallel to our own. For Whitehead, exposing this world involves contrasting its illicit individuals to the everyday criminals of our own world the public-facing one, the politicians, the money men, faces of polite society, faces we quickly learn are just as, if not more, distrustful and sinister than the shady back-dealers we've grown accustomed to. After all, you know what you're getting into when you visit Aronowitz on 74th to exchange diamond jewels, the high risk for high reward that kind of fencing brings, or the types of snafus that could arise from being a part of Freddy's crew, staging a heist at the Hotel Teresa. The facade of upstandingness that the public-facing criminals embody, in contrast to the gangsters and crooked ones, allows their attempts at screwing you over to remain even more insidious as they blend in with the truly upstanding. This ground, this seam between the crooked and straight and narrow worlds, is crucial to understanding the shuffle, the dance across identities people like Ray Carney face when they're pulled into the scene before they even have a chance to mull over the moral quandary that is selling your soul. The Harlem Shuffle follows Ray Carney, an upstanding salesman of reasonably priced furniture who descends from a line of crooks and hoods. His cousin Freddy introduces him to the fencing game, dropping by the odd ringer necklace which Carney often brings to Aronowitz a discreet downtown jeweler who asks as many questions as he does, which is to say none at all. Ray's problems arise after Freddy falls in with a crew planning to rob the Hotel Teresa, the Waldorf of Harlem, and in the aftermath Ray finds himself in the palm of an assortment of new clientele, from shady cops to vicious gangsters to Harlem lowlifes. And once your face is known by the Harlem underworld, it's kind of hard for your face to be forgotten. The setting of 60s Harlem is a familiar one to anyone who has immersed themselves in the history of Black Harlem, the renaissance that began with the great migration of African American citizens to places like New York and Chicago. Harlem is a character unto its own, a world of poetry and prose, painting, dance, sculpture, and artistic expression that boomed from the Hudson River to 155th Street. Entire schools of thought were dreamt up on these blocks. Whitehead, whose reputation for evocative language precedes him, 
conjures up the visuals of 60s Harlem that allows us to step inside some of these prolific portraits, find out what some of the characters in Archibald Motley or Aaron Douglas's work were thinking. It's with this cinematic prose that he introduces us to the concept of the Dorvay. The Dorvay is a misspelling of the French word Dorville that Carney probably misheard in a lecture during his college days. The Dorvay is this period of wakefulness just after sleep. It describes the time of day where criminals thrive. The odd hours of the night or morning, depending on how you look at it, where people are free to lose themselves, go mad, commit crimes. It's something between an overactive imagination and pure fantasy. It's time that doesn't exist. Not technically, anyways. The Dorvay is that connective tissue between late nights and early mornings that allows the city that never sleeps to maintain its revered status. During his college years, Carney used the Dorvay to study, away from the annoyances of rowdy evening neighbors or early morning go-getters. In his later years, after attempting to bribe and then being denied entry into a prodigious gentleman's club, the type of club whose membership gives you the kind of public-facing legitimacy a straight man like Carney strives for, the Dorvay became the space in which his revenge on the gatekeepers of status, these public-facing criminals and unsavory figures, could become a reality. It's also the space that allows Carney to lose himself, make his unwitting entrance into the underworld that his cousin and father had thrived in. The Dorvay allows Carney to trick himself into believing there is still some separation between his newly found criminal life and his honest family one, and Whitehead continually makes us question the strength and steadiness of this implied disjunction. During the Dorvay, the places and figures Carney interacts with look different than they do during the day, but they are in fact the same spaces. Where normal above-board transactions occur, they become repurposed for criminal activities and meetings. In this way, the shadow of the criminal's reality continually peeks through into our own. They may feel like different places, but it's all the same hell. Something you can never truly run away from. The same store Carney uses to sell reasonably priced furniture conjures its own fair share of shady characters, accustomed to slithering through back alleys and entering through side entrances to conduct a business. In the very same store, he gives out sofa installment plans in. I think what Whitehead wants us to take away from his contrasts and juxtapositions is the single question of what is crime in a country that's entirely built on it. When generational exploitation and subjugation of your race and your class is ingrained into the fabric of the systems we rely on to maintain law, order, and commerce, why is our entire perception of crime and criminality hyper-focused on the criminal underworld, the stuff we can't even see? For Carney, retreat into the criminal world becomes a kind of solace, a kind of radical realization of the power one can receive from doubling down on the negative assumptions of others. If your race marks you as a thief, then be a thief. You've got nothing to lose save your life and a world full of riches to gain. And when you're at the top, who cares how you got there? You make the rules now, after all. Harlem Shuffle is a story whose backdrop is set against 60s race riots and dead black boys shot by police. But even a black man like Carney can't help but shuffle his feet, keep his head down, more concerned with whether the rioters break his furniture store windows than if a world without racial prejudice is even possible. Leading a double life can be tricky. 
But when your blackness is internalized as a double life to begin with, it's not hard to lose a piece of your soul in the process of going from slightly bent to fully crooked. And Ray Carney is well on his way to losing it all. And in the place where crooks manifest, the belly of the proverbial beast, it's a hell of a lot harder not to do the same. Mind Theater is a solo effort produced and written by me, Aoakin Bade. For updates on the show, as well as my other content, follow Mind Theater Pod on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. If you want to show monetary support, the Ko-fi link is in the description. Thanks for watching. I'll catch you next time. <laughs>